Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. But today, uh, our topic from Proverbs, as we've been seeing the Proverbs, uh, we started with the foundation of wisdom and the importance of wisdom and where that comes from. Uh, in the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And we've seen different topics in Proverbs since then. We've talked about the wise and foolish paths of personalities and people. We've talked about wise words. We've talked about parenting. And so today we come to a topic that is really a, a, a major theme in Proverbs uh, and something that's important to all of us, and that is the topic of friendship. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, when, when we see topics in Proverbs, it's a little bit hard to, uh, to read a passage in our, in our traditional way. We managed to do it for some, um, but, but not today. So I'm actually just going to read, I'm going to start by reading you a couple of different Proverbs uh, from different places. So they're not, they're not on the screen or anywhere else. So you'll just have to listen and hear these, um, and then we'll reflect on them uh, together. So this is from Proverbs, starting from Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 18:24 says a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 22 verses 24 and 25 says make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Proverbs 27:6 says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27.9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Proverbs 27.10 says, Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. Proverbs 27.17 says, Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, particularly this morning as it was written down in Proverbs. It has been passed down for us today. Just as it was important for your people thousands of years ago, so it is your word for us today. We pray that you would take this word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you sink this word deep into our hearts. That it would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives. That it may change the way that we think, the way that we feel in the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When, uh, when I lived in St. Louis, uh, this was about gosh, maybe 13 years ago now. This was in 2008. Suzanne and I, with Nathan and Isaac, um, and I can talk about them because they're not here today. Um, so Suzanne and I, Nathan and Isaac. Nathan was just barely two, and Isaac was not even one. And we moved to, uh, we moved to St. Louis uh, for me to get to Ten Covenant Seminary there. And we were living in an amazing place. Uh, the, the seminary owned an uh, apartment complex. There were about 45 apartments in, and they were, all, they were all ground floor apartments. So it was just like a little neighborhood, like, like a little neighborhood or a big cul-de-sac or something like that. It kind of went up a hill, and out in the middle of it, there was this island. They were kind of parking around it, and all these apartments just around it. So everybody kind of looked out towards the middle. And we really had a prime apartment spot in this where we could see everything well. We could basically see everybody else in the, in the area, in the neighborhood from, from our window. 
And Nathan, being not or being just barely two, would take a nap every afternoon as a good a good child would, right? Children, small children, we take good naps in the afternoon, um, and off, frequently, the, the, just the way it worked is that he would get up from his nap, and then it would be three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and he and Suzanne and Isaac and sometimes me would all go outside, and there were all kinds of other people outside because this this uh, apartment complex was filled with young couples and young families who were attending the seminary. We were all kind of same age, stage of life, little kids. It was just wonderful. Everybody's playing out there on the island. Well, one day, Nathan wakes up, and he woke up early. He woke up early from his nap at like 1.30. Not good. He wakes up, he gets up, and he goes to our big window in the living room, and he just stands at the window looking out, and there's nobody out there because everybody's napping. He says, want friends. Want friends. And it was just, it was the cry of a two-year-old's heart. He knew, he knew what he wanted. But it's true for all of us, isn't it? This is, this is the cry that so many of us have. And I could, I could layer up the statistics on loneliness and lack of friendship in our culture today. But this is not really just a today issue. This has been, this is a human heart issue. And I think it's something that we all know very well. That the cry of our hearts we want friends, just, just a friend. We want people to spend time with. We want people to care about us. We want people to care for. By and large, we're not even, we're not even all, sometimes we're selfish, but we're not necessarily looking for friends transactionally. We want, we want to help people. We want to be helped. We want to spend time. We just, we want friends. It's what we were made for. It's how we are. But we know, as I mentioned, the statistics, but we also know in our hearts, we don't manage to have the friendships that we want. And we are too often find ourselves feeling lonely, feeling friendless, wondering who can I turn to? Who really cares about me? With whom am I safe? And we want all these things. And sometimes we look at it and we see the ways in which other people have hurt us or abandoned us or not cared for us. Sometimes we look at it and we know that we've sabotaged it ourselves and we've messed up our friendships through our own selfishness, through our own arrogance, through our own laziness. We know that we want friendships, but we know that we don't have what we want. And so there's this disconnect, and Proverbs speaks into this. The main message, if you just kind of summed up the message, I, let's see, I read seven different verses from Proverbs there, and if you just kind of summed up those seven, the friends are good. <laughs> Get yourself some friends. We know that's what we need, but Thankfully for us, Proverbs and the Bible as a whole give us a little bit more than just go get some friends. Because if it just said go get some friends, that just leaves, okay, I know I need friends. I already want, I want friends, but they're not out there. What am I going to do? So we've got to look a little bit deeper to say what is Proverbs telling us? What is the Bible telling us about how we make these friendships that we know we want? And part of that asked us, okay, what, what is the point of these friendships? Is it just something I want, or is it really something that is needed and is important? And the truth we find in the Bible that is not, strictly speaking, in these verses that I just read, but undergirds all of Proverbs that we talked about in the very first week, is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That all these Proverbs that I read are not just one-off wise sayings to help you out and make your way through the world, but they all rest on this foundation of the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God 
and the relationship with God. And so when we step back and look at it in that way, we realize that the foundation of friendship is that our God is a relational God. Our God is a relational God. He is not simply a force. He is not simply a philosophy, but he is a relational God. And we see this throughout the Bible. This is why we have to go back to the foundation of the fear of the Lord, because it comes from everywhere. It starts in the very beginning, in the creation account in Genesis, when God says, let us make man in our image. And it's plural, because God in himself is relational with himself. And we see that, the hint of that in Genesis when God says, let us make man in our image. And then we see that made explicit in the New Testament when Jesus teaches us that God in himself is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And none of us understand exactly how that works, that God is one God in three persons. But what we do know from that is that God is a relational being. That relationship with another person is fundamental to the identity of who God is. And thus, it's fundamental to who we are as people who are made in God's image. We are relational beings because our God is relational. So that's the fundamental starting point, that God is a relational God within himself. He made people in his image to be relational beings, and then he set himself in relationship with them. This is the whole meaning of saying that God made a covenant with his people throughout all of the Bible in different ways. His, the, fun, the, the over and over thing that he says is, I will be your God and you will be my people. He made his people to be in relationship with him. So God is fundamentally a relational God. And so because of that, that is why we must pursue real friendships with one another. It's not just something that we need or something that is helpful or something that we enjoy. It is the way that we are truly human. To be truly human, to be truly the way that God made us, is to have friendships with another person. It's part of who we are. It's part of how we're made. It's how we reflect God's image. So with that foundation, and only really with that foundation, can we then turn to the practical advice of Proverbs of how we go about pursuing these real friendships. And there's three things we see here. Two, two from Proverbs and then one one bonus from beyond Proverbs. So the first one we see is that we must seek good friends. And then the flip side of that coin is that we must be good friends. And if we're going to seek good friends and we're going to be good friends, what binds that all together is that we must be friended by Jesus himself. So first, we must seek good friends. This is what a lot of these Proverbs say. A friend, 1717, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. We have to go and look for those friends because we need them at all times. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What are we looking for? We're not looking for a whole bunch of casual acquaintances. Just that we have a man of many companions. This is, Facebook has a lot of wonderful things to it, but, but this is Facebook friends, right? A man of many companions is, that, that's your Facebook friends. That's your Instagram followers. Not that, not that I have any Instagram followers, and I don't actually think many of you do either. But, but, but you get the point, right? We can have a lot of casual relationships, whether we're talking about social media relationships or even just, you know, workplace relationships or 
casual relationships in the neighborhood, people we see on a walk and that kind of thing. There's a place for those things. There's a value to those things. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That one friend, those two friends, those three friends, not just a lot of companions, but a friend. And we need to seek those out. Now we see that's the positive side. There's also the warning of Proverbs 22. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with the wrathful man, lest you learn his way and entangle yourself in a snare. Proverbs is totally realistic about dangers of getting in with the wrong crowd. I don't know if, if you're the same as me. I grew up hearing a lot about peer pressure and watching out for peer pressure. It's, it's good advice. Peer pressure leads you to do a lot of dangerous things. A crowd can be dangerous, and we should pay attention to what's the crowd that we're running with because they're going to affect us. Like it says, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. That's talking about a man given to anger, but it could also be a man given to lying, a man given to deceit, a man given to greed. We've got to pay attention to who we're around for it will affect us. And then lastly, Proverbs 27.10 tells us that we seek friends even more than family. For Proverbs is not, and the Bible as a whole, certainly not trying to run down the family. But throughout the Bible, we see this principle that there is a deeper bond that can come through friendship, especially through friendship in the name of Jesus, in relationship with God, that can run even deeper with family. So when Proverbs says, do not go to your brother's house in the day of calamity, it's not really saying you can't get help from family or you can't travel to see your family, but it is showing the relative benefits of friends who are close by. Better a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. The, the value of close friendships, we have to seek this out. So this is the call, the compulsion to say, this is worth it. We must seek and find these friends. We must look actively. It takes effort. It doesn't just happen. One of the things that I've I been fascinated by in my neighborhood, we moved into, uh, we moved into our house, gosh, we're, it's almost been four years, which is a crazy thought, um, that we've been here almost four, four years. But one of the things we started doing soon after we moved in, we live again here in Atlanta, we, we just like this style, or not in Atlanta, in Virginia Beach, it wasn't true in Atlanta, but in Virginia Beach we live on a cul-de-sac, we live on the court, and it's wonderful. We see our neighbors, and soon after we moved in, we started doing things to bring people together. We started putting our grill in the driveway, saying, let's have a cookout. We'll have some meat. You bring a sign. We'll hang out. If it's nice weather, winter, summer, I mean, we can go back and we can swim in the pool. We can hang out in the driveway. We can hang out in the cul-de-sac. We started a youth group. There are teenagers around here in the cul-de-sac. You can come hang out in the driveway. You can come hang out in the garage. We started doing things to bring things, bring people together. And what was fascinating to me is how much people in the neighborhood appreciated it. How many people said to me, this is so great. I love getting to connect with people. And yet, at the same time, unless somebody does that, makes a little bit of effort to start bringing about those connections, it's not going to happen. The people who were telling me that they appreciated the connections and they appreciated us bringing people together were not people who were new to the neighborhood. They were people who had been in the neighborhood. But somebody had to make that effort. Somebody, and it's not 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's no effort, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not a huge amount of thing. It's not, doesn't take any special talent or ability. It's just, it's an effort. It's a willingness to say, this is important. We're going to spend some time. We're going to do some things to give people a chance to connect because we have to seek out friends. And then that's talking about initial connections, but then what do you do next? If you want these friends, first you have to put some effort to make some connections, and then you've got to go deeper. You've got to intentionally look for ways to go deeper. Sometimes that, that just means being the person who makes a slightly awkward comment to say how you're really feeling today. You're having the casual conversation with your neighbor. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. It's actually, no, it's not going great. I'm not doing well. I've been sick for weeks. My home life is a mess. And then the other person says, you know what, I'm, I'm not doing well either. And now you're going somewhere. Now things are getting more real. Now you might be able to help each other out. You might be able to pray for one another. You might, be able to, you might have resources that you can help one another with. But you've got to seek that out. It takes effort. It takes some work. And then that takes us to what does that start to look like? Proverbs says we must be good friends. This is the other Proverbs that I read. And, and they're not always, friendship is not always like happy, clappy, jump up and down and have fun together. I, I mean, I love cookouts. I love games. I love eating together. But that's not, that's not quite exactly where Proverbs goes. Proverbs 27.6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. It's telling us that you can't judge your friends by how they make you feel. It's the enemy who's going to tell you that you're great and everything's going fine. It's the friend who's going to say, this is not a good idea. You are not, you are not doing well. We need to do something different here. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Friends will speak to each other. Friends will help each other. Friends will help you make decisions. Like oil and perfume. The friend who can give wise counsel can say, I think this would be a great idea for you. I think that would be a bad idea for you. Friend who says, I, I know you. I know who you are, and you are not going to like that job. It may seem good right now, but you are not going to like that. You are not going to like that person that you're dating. It's not going to go well for you. I just, I know you, I know them. It's, it's counsel. That's what we offer to one another. Uh, and then 27.17, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Like the knife that sharpens the sword, or the sharpening block on the sword, or the knife. Sparks, it's not pleasant, but it's valuable. What does it mean to be good friends? It means to be faithful to one another. To truly put the other person first. To always be thinking, how can I serve this person? How can I truly serve and love them? Sometimes service and love looks like doing things for people. Giving up your own selfish desires. Giving up your time, your money, your effort. But sometimes it looks like giving up the easy thing. And it looks like doing the hard thing, saying the hard word. Being willing to tell somebody that they're wrong. That they've hurt you. That they're hurting somebody else. Good friendship is not easy. It takes effort to get it, set it up. It takes effort to say hard words. It takes courage. It takes resolve. It takes prayer. But it's worth it. This is the, the message and the assumption of Proverbs is that friendship is worth it. It gives us these tips and suggestions and encouragement 
for how to find and how to be good friends. But the overwhelming thing is this is worth it because we are made in God's image. And God is a relational God. And we saw that in creation, but then it comes to its, its conclusion, comes to its completion in Jesus. This is what I said was the third thing we see is that we must be friended by Jesus. One of the most amazing verses in the Bible is John 15, 15. When Jesus is sitting with his disciples, the, the men who have followed him around, served him, helped him, his followers. And it's the night before he's betrayed, it's the night he is betrayed, the night before he dies. And he says, I no longer call you servants, but I now call you friends. For a servant does not know his master's business, but everything I have made know, I have known from the Father, I have made known to you. That Jesus himself calls us friends. And this is what makes all the difference. Without this, now we're just, we're just striving at trying to do better ourselves. We're trying to find friends. We're trying to be friends. We're striving and we're failing. This is, this is, this is a morning where many of us are, are striving and not quite succeeding. We're, we're sick. We're missing. We've got people all over the place. And we can feel like if we were trying to be good friends here, we're, we're not quite making it. But it's not up to us. Because we gather this morning having been friended by Jesus. And so we can go and we can watch one another's children and we can deal with everything that's going on and we can know that we are loved because we have been loved by Jesus. It's so easy to fall into, into our insecurity and our shame. Say, I have not been a good enough friend to this person. I'm just going to walk away and cut myself off because I'm embarrassed at how I haven't cared for them. Or I'm embarrassed at what I said to them, at how I hurt them. And Jesus says, no. I became your friend when you were not worth it. I became your friend when you had nothing to offer. And Jesus has made himself our friend. And Jesus has forgiven our sins. And Jesus has said we are valuable. Jesus has said we are holy in his eyes. And Jesus said he is going to make all things right. And so even when we fail in our friendships whether we fail somebody else or somebody else fails us, we can, we can accept our friendship from Jesus and we can turn that around into friendships with other people because we can receive the forgiveness of our sins and the freedom from our shame and guilt that that gives us. And we can turn and pour that out to other people and offer forgiveness and love and grace to them. So we reflect the image of God, the, God, the relational God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who made relationship, who made us in his image and covenanted himself into relationship with us. And then we follow in the footsteps of our Savior who loved us and made himself our friend to sacrifice his very life for our, on our behalf. That our sins could be forgiven, that our relationships could be healed, that our shame and guilt could be taken away so we can walk in confidence and be good friends and seek good friends with one another. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us. Jesus, we thank you that you gave yourself for us, that you are a friend to us, that you sacrificed your very life, that our sins might be forgiven, that we could be friends with you and with one another for all eternity. We pray that you would sink these truths deep into our hearts and our minds. Show us what it means to walk out in confident and bold friendship now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. 
To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.